I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. News Radio. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is the extended edition of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. Oh, we've covered a lot of ground already today. We've uh, gone through some uh, mayor's issues. We've got voting tomorrow, which is uh, a big deal. Uh, we've talked about Iowa and what's happening in the uh, national spotlight in terms of 2020 candidates. And uh, and we've been able to talk uh, about the uh, symposium that will be held tomorrow uh, as part of the Orangey Hatch Foundation uh, on licensing uh, music. And uh, there's there's just so many interesting facets to that. And to uh, uh, to have Macon Delhalreem from the uh, Department of Justice, is, it was just a treat uh, to be able to talk to him about some of those those core issues. Uh, and now I want to move. There's been a lot of discussion the last few weeks uh, about mental health. And some of that has been in the context of uh, mass shootings and violence in America. Some of that has had to do with uh, what's going on on the Internet and how we're interacting with each other. And as we've been watching that and looking at that, uh, one, we have to be so careful, again, when these in these mass shootings that we don't do these, these sweeping generalities of just tying it all into some sort of uh, mental health issue. Because remember, we want those that are struggling, whether that's with a uh, something from the mental health side or the brain health side that we're going to talk about in this segment, we want people to be able to step up and engage in tough conversations, vulnerable conversations. And if people are too afraid that they're going to immediately be classified as a potential violent threat in their workplace or with a spouse, uh, we're not going to have the right kinds of conversations. And so I wanted to go back to an interview that I conducted with uh, Jane Clayson Johnson a little bit ago, former CBS and ABC News journalist. Uh, She has a a book that's been out for a a little bit now called Silent Souls Weeping, uh, Depression, Sharing Stories, Finding Hope. And she really talks about this whole idea of how do we get to this space? How do we create space so that we can have uncomfortable conversations? How do we create space so that someone who is struggling with mental health or depression or anxiety can show that courageous vulnerability uh, and that can actually happen? One thing that's really um, busted the stigma in my mind in some of the conversations that I have had is to start talking about brain health, not just mental health, but brain health. The brain is another organ of the body. You know, there's nothing special or different. It's a it's brain health, and, and brain health is just as important as, say, heart health, which we're also, um, you know, fast uh, to talk about and to be concerned about. So I talk about brain health just in a very um, straightforward manner, and I think that, that I have found that that kind of helps people 
kind of lower the stigma a little bit. I mean, I think more often than not, we just have to dive right into our stories. I think we have to feel vulnerable enough and we have to feel open enough to just share what we've been through. You know, and it's not just those who are experiencing depression. It's those who have lived with someone who has experienced depression. That's a story, too. And I tell that in the book. I tell my husband's story about you know, going through my experience with me. And I hadn't really understood how much frustration and pain and loneliness and even anger there is attached to the experience of living with someone who is depressed. So no matter the perspective that you have on this, I think just opening up and start talking about it is a, is a really good first step because you know what? Everyone has a story. I gave a speech the other night, Boyd, and I asked folks if they, at the very beginning of my speech, if they would stand up if they or someone that they know or love has experienced depression. And I thought maybe mm, 50, 60% of the room would stand. 90% of that room was standing. So, you know, it's a prevalent issue. It's a widespread problem. And I think just sharing our stories uh, will be a good first step toward yeah. encouraging others to share theirs. Yeah, wow, that's stunning. That's also a good way to get a standing ovation right off the... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, hadn't, right. I hadn't thought of that. That's, a, that's genius on your part. <laughs> uh, but it's also, it's also so, it's so enveloping, though, that it does immediately... I mean, talk about breaking down the stigma uh, right. for, for that audience to immediately look around and say, what, whether they are the person suffering or I, I love that you bring out those that live with someone or love someone someone that is suffering, uh, that is right. also can be very isolating. So I love that you you attack that. Uh, I want to drill down for a minute on uh, what I think is, is such an important concept that you drive, Jane, and that is that, that depression is not a, a character flaw. It's not a fatal moral flaw. Uh, it, right. it just is. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, from the many people that I've interviewed for this book, you know, I heard over and over again the embarrassment or shame attached to not only a mental health diagnosis, but to the medication prescribed or the therapy required for treatment. I mean, I think our historical misconceptions have led us to a very judgmental view of depression. Mm -hmm. And whether this stigma is self-induced or culturally imposed, it's really unhealthy and very unhelpful. You said it, you know, I I said this in the book, you know, um, depression is just like any other physical illness. It requires treatment. It is not the result of some sort of personal inadequacy. It's not a black mark on your character. Nobody thinks that, you know, that um, battling cancer or diabetes or heart disease or any other serious illness is just a matter of pulling up your bootstraps and, you know, going at it alone. You're not going to fix clinical depression with work and discipline. It requires treatment. And, you know, I'm not a doctor or an MD or a PhD, but I am a journalist. And I can tell you from the many, many people that have told me their stories, the one thing over and over that I heard was the stigma associated with with depression. And that's what I try and conquer um, in this book. All right. That's uh, Jane Clayson Johnson. Uh, The book is Silent Souls Weeping. And to me, it's one of those very honest looks at uh, a a lot of the stigma around mental health and depression and anxiety. And it's also one of those really stirring things in terms of everybody deals with this. You know, you look at someone like Jane Clayson Johnson, former CBS, ABC News journalist, you know, always seems perfectly poised, put together right on the spot. 
uh, and we see people like that, and yet they can be struggling just as much as anybody else. And just because someone can put on a, a good front doesn't mean that the insides are necessarily working properly or that there isn't real anger or angst or frustration or stress, anxiety, all of those things. And so it, it tells you a couple of things. One, it tells you that we need to have a better conversation in our country about mental health. And I love the fact that she brings out brain health as well, uh, just like we talk about heart health. There are things uh, that we can do for our brain and and uh, things that need to happen for some who are suffering because it is a, a chemical issue. Uh, some, it's anxiety and discouragement and outsized expectations and a host of other things. But there are resources out there. And as we've been talking about these things over the past week here on KSL News Radio, uh, it's so important that uh, people, and especially as your as your kids are heading back to school, those teenagers in particular who have so many pressures and so much stress uh, on them, and so much uncertainty, that we need to make sure we've got the right resources around it. We're going to continue to talk about that uh, on all of the programming here on KSL and within the pages of the Deseret News in the coming days. Because there are there are lots of resources, uh, starting with the Safe UT app is one that every student should have on their phone. Every parent should have it on their phone, uh, so that if someone needs help, there is a way to get it, and it's private, it's safe, uh, it's a it's a way to just reach out and say, hey, I'm I'm struggling just a little bit, and so we need to make sure that we're all aware of those, that we're tapping into those. And most important, you know, we've talked a lot over the last week about how we just need to reach out to each other in times when we're dealing with stress and uncertainty in the nation. We need to also remember that there are a lot of people who are just struggling within themselves and everybody can help. Everybody can be a listening ear. Everybody can be supportive. Everybody can encourage. Uh, there's not a one of us today that can go out and make a difference for somebody who might be struggling with loneliness, fear, anxiety, depression, we all can make a difference. And I have to tell you, that's what's going to keep the nation rolling along too, is when we all reach out and do the things that we can in our own neighborhoods and in our own communities. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk with Ann Snyder. We're going to talk about the focus on character development uh, as opposed to just general philanthropic activities and a lot of programming. Stay with us. This is Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to an extended version of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you on a Monday and uh, really excited about this next topic we're going to take on here in this segment. Uh, and it's a discussion I had with Ann Snyder. Uh, Ann has worked with the Philanthropy Roundtable, uh, and they actually commissioned her uh, to do some really interesting study and, and an interesting book uh, around the findings. Uh, so the Philanthropy Roundtable obviously is always looking at good causes, and they, they help uh, those with significant means uh, spend that money in wise ways so that they can get better results. And they're, they're always looking for a, a way to lift people and make a difference. And, and so it was really intriguing to me that the Philanthropy Roundtable engaged Ann Snyder to do this study around character. And could character actually be what we should be focused on instead of just programming 
uh, or things that uh, a lot of uh, those in uh, philanthropic endeavors are are doing. And it's it's sort of the difference between, you know, the the old axiom, you know, give a man a fish or teach a man to fish. And that's sort of where this went in terms of character. And so in my conversation with Ann Snyder, and uh, Ann is, is just one of the great thinkers out there, uh, always love to get her take on things. Uh, and so I asked her I asked her this, again, going through the fact that she's she's had all of these philanthropists pay her to do a study around should we focus more on character than just donating to, to causes that we hope will make a difference in society? Could a focus on character make a difference? And so I asked her, I said, in your study and in your finding in this unique thing, what did you grapple with? And is there a better way for those with means to make a difference? It's a really great question. I mean, and it kind of gets at my my somewhat renegade approach to this. There are, I mean, hopefully philanthropy in general is doing more good than harm, although there are many debates out there running today as to, <laughs> right. as to you know, whether that's true. Character is interesting on a number of levels from a philanthropic perspective because it's more mysterious. In my view, it's very, it's nature, it's very holistic, it's very core to who we are as human beings. And it's universal. There's something about it, how it, in some ways, almost however you define it, mm-hmm. that anyone from any walk of life should be able to care about because, um, I mean, that famous saying, character is destiny, is, uh, I think has proven to be true over and over and over again, both for individuals and for civilizations, for societies. And while I honor all the you know, smart philanthropic work that's being done, name your sector, economic development, neighborhood safety, education, um, you know, poverty, name name your sort of issue, veterans work. What appealed to me about character and how philanthropists could think about it was that it, it kind of gets to the deeper levels of how we're how we're motivated, how we how we relate to others, how we build or don't build trust, what we allow ourselves to trust so that we submit ourselves, say, to an institution that we come to fall in love with that seems healthy, that we therefore allow to shape shape our character. Right. And it seemed to kind of I'm not saying character is a solution for everything. And right. <laughs> um, this book tries this book tries to say that there's sort of a depth of the nature of character, but it's not purely an individual faculty, like it's or it's formed in the context of relationships and things outside of ourselves. But I just thought there was something about it that was immediately it just intrigued me. Like this is this it's sort of like philosophy in the liberal arts. Like it kind of gets to the foundations of everything. Right. Um and can donors how do you pair something so deep and so profound and kind of all-encompassing with dollars and cents. And that continues to be a question that I haven't fully answered. So maybe a lifelong vineyard. All right. Again, that's my conversation with Ann Snyder. And again, I love the fact that she is asking the hard questions around smart philanthropic work. And she mentioned, she says, you know, whether it's economic development, neighborhood safety, education, poverty, veterans, whatever, you know, whatever it might be, uh, it's it's this character component that uh, it's much of the work uh, we you know we had Dave DeRocher on from the Other Side Academy on Friday and it's a lot of what they do there is character development in fact that's where I first met Ann Snyder a few years ago uh, she was here doing some research for her project and she came across uh, Joseph Grinney and the Other Side Academy and so she came out and it was interesting she came out on a day. When one of the students from the other side academy was graduating, and so they were, you know, doing a little celebration there at the other side academy, and it was just one of those very 
touching, very moving moments where you saw a a young man who had had really tossed a lot of things aside, uh, including uh, a, a spouse and a child uh, that had did struggled as he had gone through all kinds of uh, you know drug rehabilitation programs and struggled with so many things, uh, but then came to the other side academy and learned the character skills that he had been missing. And to see that young man reunited with his family, to see parents and grandparents there, uh, not just for something that was a a 30-day program, you know, brought to you by uh, a philanthropic group, but several years of hard work and heavy lifting in the character space. Uh, not just talking about the moving company that the Other Side Academy has. Uh, this this was character exercise. And how do you keep commitments? How do you live with integrity? Uh, how do you show moral character day in and day out? And as I stood there and watched this uh, ceremony taking place and, and watched Anne just respond emotionally to this amazing moment of this young man who had who had figured it out, got it together, and then worked at it. Because it's not enough to just have a moment of saying, okay, no more drugs for me, no more alcohol for me, no more this or that for me. Uh, this was, no, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to have stronger character. And it, it was absolutely transformational. And so I think that as we look at all kinds of things, whether it's uh, homelessness, whether it's intergenerational poverty, whether it's the opioid epidemic, uh, and a host of other things that we need to make sure that we have this character component built into the process. Because if we want people to really thrive and succeed, uh, they they have to have it all. Uh, getting clean and sober is not enough. You have to develop the skills to to live with integrity, to to show up on time, to keep commitments and promises. All of those things really make a difference. Uh, if you want to hear more on that, you can actually hear my entire interview uh, with Ann Snyder on my podcast, Therefore What? And you can pick that up either on the KSL.com uh, or on DeseretNews.com. Uh, give it a, a listen. There's some good in-depth uh, angles there in terms of what character development is really all about. All right, time to step aside for our final break. When we come back... We're going to get back to what we need to do in light of all of the tragedies and the challenges that we've been facing as a nation over the last few weeks. What are we going to do about it? Come step forward with us on Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources, the extended edition today on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground today, uh, everything from the mayor's race uh, to talking about uh, music licensing and an event at the Hatch Foundation tomorrow. Uh, we've talked about character. We've talked about uh, mental health uh, with uh, Jane Clayson Johnson. And uh, just so many things that uh, we can weigh in on, uh, especially as we come towards the end of summer. It's hard to believe that uh, many of the schools in Utah will start next week, uh, partway through the week. And so that raises a host of things. And we're going to cover those wall to wall here on KSL uh, over the next uh, few days as everyone starts getting ready. Uh, what, what does safety look like in schools? What do you need to do to prepare your children mentally and emotionally uh, for school, especially those moving into junior high and high school. 
Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of challenges, a lot of things to discuss there. Uh, so stay tuned all week on all the programming here. Uh, we'll be with you for another 10 minutes till the top of the hour when the great Jeff Kaplan will take to the mic to get you home safe and smart, which is always the important thing. It's not enough to just get home safe. you got to be smarter when you get home. So Jeff's going to help you do that today. A um, couple of final thoughts I wanted to get to as we wrap up, because we, we often talk about the uh, the things that we can do. We started the program today talking about this dis-ease in, in the country that if we don't watch will become a disease uh, of despair. And so many people are walking around with kind of a knot in their gut. They know something's not quite right in the country uh, or in our communities. And and so we, we need to look at how do we move forward. Uh, I reference back to uh, Eleanor Roosevelt on December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. She was the first person to address the nation before the president. Uh, she had a, a weekly radio program. And she stepped to the mic and said, you know what we all need to do? We're all a little nervous. We're all very filled with anxiety. We all just need to go out and do some things. And what we need to do is we need to help each other. We need to serve each other. We need to find opportunities to strengthen and create a space of of security and confidence for our children uh, and for those in our our neighborhoods and communities. And so we have to do that. But but that's going to require a lot in our day. To, to actually do it. It's easy to talk about it, but what are we actually going to do? Uh, I, I mentioned earlier in the show that I actually had a, a family reunion over the weekend, the Matheson family, the Matheson clan, and uh, it was a big party as always. Uh, lots of good food. It was great to see cousins I hadn't seen in 10 or 15 years uh, coming back to the state. And it, it's always one of those interesting things where you you feel this sense of connectedness. Uh, that is always interesting. And and it was interesting in many of our conversations that uh, a lot of my relatives were asking the same questions of, well, what should we do? We, we all want to help. We all want to make a difference. We want the country to be better. We want our communities to be better. But what, what do we do about it? Uh, voting is a, is a big part. We've talked about that today. Uh, but there are also countless opportunities to go out and, and really make a difference. Uh, it's interesting, the the motto of the Matheson clan, uh, that's a Scottish uh, heritage for me. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the motto is just three words, do and hope, do and hope. Uh, and I grew up knowing that uh, my dad always had on, on his wall at the office. Uh, he had a, a tartan Matheson plaid uh, with those words over the top, do and hope. And it stuck with me that it's significant that the do comes first and that hope is just a byproduct of doing. So you, it's not enough just to hope. You have, you have to do. You have to take action. You have to move things forward. And so what is it that we should be doing if we want to hope for a better country? or a better community. Uh, I think John Wesley said it best. He said, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. (laughs) And I've always loved that from John Wesley. Uh, I'm going to say that again. And if you missed it, you can pick this up on the podcast. Uh, This is John Wesley 
said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Uh, that's do and hope. Because if you do, if you do all the good that you can, you can hope that you can improve a relationship. If you do all the good you can, by all the means you can, you can make a difference in your local neighborhood and community. And if you look for all the ways that you can, uh, there are more opportunities to serve and make a difference today, uh, even from the comfort of your own home, than there have ever been in the history of the world. To all the people you can. And I would suggest that that extends to the people that you interact with on social media and how you treat people because it matters and it makes a difference. And so how are we going to do that? You know, every day there are opportunities, large, small, you can make a difference. Uh, it may be as simple as uh, smiling at the clerk at the cash register. It may be making a phone call. It may be a handwritten letter. Uh, it may be giving a nice tip to your waiter or waitress or uh, tipping the, uh, the help uh, as you check out of your hotel room. All of those things can just make a little difference. And that's just the financial piece of it. Then think of the emotional piece that you can do. Uh, it's much more than, a, than just a mindset. It's a, it's a way of being. It's a way of living. It's a way of extending your influence. And, you know, when I used to travel around the world doing leadership conferences and speaking at seminars, uh, I, I would always say, you know, it's, it's easy to make a dollar. It's a challenge to make a difference. It's easy to make a dollar. It's really not that hard. You can, you can do it. There are opportunities if you're willing to work, if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to do things that maybe no one else would be willing to do. There's always a way to make a dollar. But it takes some effort. It takes some commitment. It takes some focus if you really want to make a difference out there. And so how do we do that? The way we do that is to extend, to reach, to get outside ourselves and to look at what's going on around us. Uh, there's a, a great article that I suggest everybody read. Say it's in, it's in Forbes, Forbes.com. And it's by uh, Margie Worrell, W-A-R-R-E-L-L. She's a contributor there for Forbes. And she says, let's face, let's face hard truths. America needs a moral uprising. And she starts by quoting Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln said, the dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate for the stormy present. The occasion is piled high with difficulty and we must rise to the occasion. As our case is new, we must think anew and act anew. We must disenthrall ourselves and then we shall save our country. So I, I love the fact that Lincoln said, uh, we got to think anew. We have to act anew. Uh, that's that's more relevant today than it was 150 plus years ago when he said it. And because we are in these difficult times and we are being challenged to rise to the occasion, 
Uh, we have to have a different kind of conversation about it. And we, we've talked a lot about the, the political rhetoric. We've talked a lot about the divisive rhetoric in the country today. So it's time to think anew. It's time to act anew. Uh, and as I said before, it's, it's the Matheson family motto. It's do and hope. And do comes first. Hope is a natural byproduct of doing. And we need to do a little bit more. And we need to do a little bit better. And we can do what Lincoln challenged all of us to do, which is to rise to the occasion of the stormy present. Because it is a stormy present. We can acknowledge that. We can accept that. Uh, But that doesn't mean we have to walk around with our heads down, being discouraged and depressed and frustrated. Uh, It's time to lift our heads up. It's time to look around. It's time to make a difference. Do and hope is the mantra of the day. It's time to step forward in a big, big way. That's going to do it for us on this edition of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today. As always, as you go out into the world, remember, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.